0: Welcome to Series 2, Episode 18. On the show today, I talk to David Bain, founder of Casting Cred, author and video show host. David is one of the people that have inspired me into doing my own podcast, so I owe a lot to him. It was brilliant to talk to him. We discuss audio quality, bursts of air, and plosives. (laughs) We talk about how he achieved 20,000 downloads per month on his own show how to blend and repurpose content, hosting virtual summits, and becoming an Amazon best-selling author. Enjoy. Thanks for being a fab listener, and of course, please do subscribe and tell your friends. welcome to the johnny ross audio experience i'm johnny ross founder and digital marketing strategist of fleet marketing each podcast i'll be bringing you an expert to inspire you to give you some great business growth takeaways and to get you thinking about marketing and the bigger picture of how businesses can improve adapt and grow i look forward to sharing this with you on each podcast so here we go Hi and welcome to another show. Today we've got David Bain, founder of Casting Cred, uh, an author and online show host. How are you, David?
1: I'm very good indeed, Johnny. Uh, How are you today, sir? I'm very
0: good, thank you. It's uh, it's fabulous to have you here. Um, I mean, one of the reasons I was just saying to this to you a few minutes ago. I mean, you've you've been an inspiration for me to step up my game in terms of podcasting and 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 being on video
1: and live. So it's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> it's all my fault <laughs> lots of things are my fault but let's not go there
0: <laughs> no it's i mean it really is true uh, i've been on uh, your show a number of times uh i've done a number of things with you and and, uh, and and you know you've uh very you know you're always stepping up your professionalism the stuff that you that you produce is just amazing uh and uh, and it's really given me uh the eyes and and sort of the, the inspiration to do it so thank you
1: i mean that what, you're welcome thank you it's it's always a pleasure to have you on you're always a, a great um engaging intelligent guy to have a conversation with as well
0: uh, and i really need to step up my uh, microphone to sort of get to the to the uh, quality of sound that you have which we're going to talk about aren't we we're going to we're going to talk uh we're going to talk about uh going from uh podcasting to publishing a book uh, and in fact you've uh you've published two books you've been a, an amazon bestseller um and um I, I, I think. That, am I right that the podcast that you've done, you've done over, I think, on your own show, you've done over 200 episodes with 20,000 downloads per month? Is
1: that yes? Is that you've got your numbers? stats. That's st- stats correct. Yes, that that was digital marketing radio, and I put that on pause to be honest with you back in 2017, and I've done ad hoc episodes since then. But I've been so busy with other work, with client work, and with producing podcasts for other people and silly little projects and and other things that I had to do you know I I, you just can't do everything but um yeah that was a, a fairly successful show
0: uh, welcome if you are watching or listening. Uh, we are live on LinkedIn, we're live on Facebook and on YouTube and if you're listening you may be on our podcast. Thanks for being here. If you've got, if you're uh, with us right now then feel free to ask David any questions as well. Uh, one of the, uh, you, you, you're you putting together this sort of six steps to starting a podcast uh, and then going to publishing a book. Just rewinding though, uh, before we get into that, um, you did your first podcast in 2006. Is that right? But tell tell me more about tell me more about how was that on a dial up? Or were were we on (laughs) broadband?
1: The whole internet world was completely different then that was essentially before Facebook. Um, I think Facebook was just available to a couple of um, universities back then. Um, So it was before the modern the current version of, of the internet really and even to produce a podcast it was a lot of effort and to publish the podcast and get people to listen to the podcast that was challenging as well because people just had um, iPods if anything and what they had to do is connect it to their computer and sync um, with iTunes and download the content from there and then take their iPod off and listen to it so it's, it's a much easier task nowadays to actually Subscribe and listen to a podcast,
0: and 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 so when going from uh, that first podcast in two thousand and six, you obviously kept going and and you've used lots of different platforms. You, I I think, you're quite an early adopter. We were just talking a few minutes ago when you did your digital marketing radio in two thousand and seventeen. You were live streaming on was it Blab? We said, uh, you know, you, you.
1: Yes. Um. So. What, what I did was um, because I'd interviewed maybe 100 plus people on my podcast, I, I wanted to maintain relationships with everyone. I think that, you know, if, if you do, uh, if you are fortunate enough to be able to produce so many podcast episodes, it's important to, to be able to do that. And one way that I decided to do that was produce an end of she uh, end of show. end of year rather, a roundup of people's advice and thoughts for the coming year. And I think digital marketing lends itself quite nicely to that kind of topic uh, because it changes quite often. So at the end of, it, I think the initial one was um, 2015 that I did, I did 2016. So the initial ones maybe had 50 people on, 70 people on over a period of three hours or four hours or so. And I had people come on every three, four, five minutes and share their number one actionable tip for, for the coming year and it was a great way to maintain that relationship with the people that I would interviewed as well as producing new content
0: and and you, you had some amazing people on there some real uh well-known high up digital marketeers. Johnny Ross uh well <laughs> but there, there there was some some real top guests it was it was brilliant and and you know you were being noticed uh and and the not only the quality of the uh, of what you were doing uh, the quality of the content um you were you were clearly being noticed in you work and you had some big brands involved as well you then got uh was it uh, semrush came along and asked you to do something for them uh you you did a uh, you did a video series you were hosting their podcast at one point
1: Yes, um, so I started a podcast for them, and um, I hosted two seasons of that before passing it on, so I hosted about 40 or 50 episodes for them um, before passing it on to another host, uh, it was a little bit US, um, more US-centric, and... The, uh, so, so, so that was good. So I've been producing uh, shows for a few people. Content Cows, another brand that uh, Martech in the Martech arena that I've been produ- producing shows for. So that's one of the reasons why I stepped back from my own show, and I just didn't have the time and resources to to to, to really focus on that all the time.
0: And, and you set up Casting Cred, which is uh, a, a production service for podcast video, for video series. And you were saying that you work in typically MarTech or the legal sector. Um, and so the, it was clear to you that what was needed, the the, the big gap there was actually uh, B2B businesses needed somewhere to go to be able to help put think, put podcasts on.
1: I think b2b lends itself quite nicely to podcasts uh, as a way of producing content for their audience uh it's a good way of publishing thought leadership and um if you do that obviously it's it, it's, it's a great way to get people to engage with your brand and r- remember your brand but um yeah this was so about 2017 or so i started to have brands approach me and ask me how do we start a podcast? Can you do this for us? Can you host it for us? Can you produce it for us? And after I had two or three or four brands do that, I, I thought it was a signal, a strong, a strong signal to me that I should perhaps be offering this as a service. Um, so th- th- I decided to start a brand and uh, publish a website, an agency that um, essentially offered podcast production services because I had so many people reaching out to me for that.
0: I this is in, in no way detrimental. I'm about to say that you have an amazing voice for radio. I don't mean that you don't have a face for TV, but you absolutely <laughs> no I, I really don't. But I, I think I think you do have a brilliant a, a, a very, very good voice for uh for really engaging uh in from an audio point of view. And I and I think that you know that that plays to your strengths as well. Uh
1: the, the thing is you're not born with a radio voice. I think part of that has evolved. I've edited over 500 episodes of me producing a podcast and you learn to enunciate certain words a little bit more effectively. You learn not to say certain things and how you come across because Coming across to someone online is slightly different to coming across to someone face-to-face. Obviously, the microphone helps. I've got an RE1020 microphone, which is a lovely microphone. I've got it going through um, a voice channel, uh, an art voice channel, which effectively adds, uh, this is a little bit um, high-end here, but it's a little bit of compression and um, a few other trinkets uh, are added to the audio before it goes to... A roadcaster, um, which is uh, an audio interface, and then then it goes into Streamyard where we're producing this video for the live stream. So I do a few things with the audio. So what I'm saying is a combination between learning how to articulate, learning how your voice needs to be slightly different when announcing, when sharing what needs to be said in a podcast. So you, you do evolve over time and you, you learn what equipment is is probably better for your own voice as well. So it's not, it's not the kind of thing you're born with. You, you can certainly evolve and expand your audio skills. Wait,
0: what, why do podcasts work so well for, for B2B? What's the... what? Why you know what's what the trad you've got traditional blogging you've got traditional uh, you know all sorts of, of PR why does pod why do podcasts what what is it about podcasts that that really help engage their audience and turn sort of you know potential uh, 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 people into clients?
1: Well, to, to begin with, it's how consumers are consuming content. You've got a roughly a third of people nowadays that have listen to a podcast or do actively listen to a podcast so it's a fair chunk of um the general public that do consume podcasts podcast consumption is skewed towards people that are higher earners are more likely to be into b2b i guess or be working for a firm that is um perhaps interested in progressing their knowledge of what's what's going on in their industry. Uh, so it's certainly skewed towards the right audience. But B2B in terms of sales cycles isn't about an immediate call to action and podcasts isn't about an immediate call to action either. Podcasts are about building a relationship over time. Yeah, about hopefully on a weekly basis or a regular basis providing that content to maintain relationships to slowly build relationships so that when people are ready to make a purchase decision then it's your brand and only your brand that they are, they're 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 going to consider when they're ready to make that purchase
0: and it plays on the whole um, to some way i guess personality uh, marketing which is around getting to really know the people behind the brand um, and people buy from people they like, people they trust. And I guess hearing them, uh, hearing their voice, hearing them talk, gets to help you like and and start liking and trusting people.
1: Absolutely. It's an extension to LinkedIn. LinkedIn is a way of getting to know the people behind the brand, and it helps people to make that decision as to whether or not it's the type of brand that they want to do business with based upon – the, the ethos of um, everyone in the organization and podcasts help to to magnify that effect.
0: Let's get on to the, the six steps um, and uh, you're all about starting a podcast, but not just doing a podcast. It's about blending content. It's about repurposing content. It's about having a a reason and, and a bigger part of the strategy. So you're talking about starting a podcast, to publishing a book, Uh, David, you've got six steps. What's the first step?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, This actually came about retrospectively, because I didn't um, think beforehand, okay, I'm going to be publishing a book in X number of years time after I publish a podcast. But looking back in it, I can see the steps and I can see that um, it's worthwhile brands considering this as a way to publish different forms of content. Because, when you produce content, especially live stream like this, there's an opportunity to do things like produce a podcast out of it and um, break down the, the the videos into smaller segments to perhaps share on social media afterwards, and perhaps produce a series as well to turn it into something different as well. So I think that in general, um, brands need to think of their their content approach a little bit more. Uh, coherently to blend everything together and to make it worthwhile, um, fully worthwhile, every single piece of content that you're producing, that you really use every aspect of it. Um, saying that, if you start off doing something like this, live streaming, producing video content and producing a podcast, all in a one the chances are you're going to be fairly average at every aspect of it. So what I tend to recommend is that brands Try and get fairly good at individual aspects um, of producing that content. And so, what I recommend in general is if they're thinking of producing a content series, a video series, then maybe focus in on audio to begin with, get comfortable at things like talking into a microphone. Um, the microphone, as, as I've mentioned, that I'm talking into is called an RE20. I reckon that people should actually start off with uh, a microphone called a Samsung Q2U, which is another dynamic microphone. So there are two main types of microphones, dynamic and condenser microphones. Uh, dynamic microphones have fairly small sweet spots. So what that means is when you pull back, a long way away from it, I'm talking about six plus inches away from it, um, they're not going to be very good at picking you up. So you've got to be quite comfortable with being three or four inches away from the microphone and talking around the microphone and not um, taking your body away from it too much. Um, so by using that Samsung Q2U microphone to begin with, getting comfortable talking around it and knowing what your content is going to be that you produce, i.e. your show structure, um, will take a while to take effect. I normally recommend roughly 20 episodes. So producing an audio-only episode, using that Samsung Q2U microphone, just recording directly into the software. You can use another um, bit of software to... Have discussions with people online if you want to do that, but get comfortable with the style of content you're producing in audio only form before you move on to video. Um, so step one is, is, is a basic audio podcast. And that, that's generally what I recommend people to start off with.
0: And, and coming up with the content for, for that where you know, where, where, where would you start there even?
1: I would just start with structuring the first three episodes. Um, I I think that it can be easy to think, okay, if I'm going to produce this podcast every single week, what on earth am I going to discuss? Your show will naturally evolve in anyway. Um, No matter how well you plan, you're never going to be able to foresee the style of content that's going to be more appropriate for your brand in in episode 100. So just get started. So decide on what message is likely to engage with your audience, and that's, and that's probably questions are a good point to start, uh, an area to start with. Uh, I like the book um, They Ask You Answer by Marcus Sheridan. Uh, it's, it's a really great book for thinking about the typical questions that audiences have about your service. Um, so have a think about typical questions that your audience may have, and intend to answer them over the first three episodes either by yourself or other people in the company um possibly not an interview show to begin with and just produce that audio audio content to begin with and get out there get feedback and your your show will evolve from there
0: so you've come up with the content you start doing audio using using a half decent mic
1: dynamic mic um the, the your next step the next step is up your audio quality and be more efficient. Um, so what I mean by that is, if you're producing a show, you're probably incorporating things like intros and outros and maybe even sections into what you're producing. So rather than actually just record the main body content, think about producing it as live. I mean, I'm using a piece of equipment called uh, a Roadcaster Pro, uh, so I can add different elements into my audio um, if I really want to. So I can press a button... Uh, Loads of cheers coming out there, (laughs) but you you you, you can add different sections into what you're producing, um, uh, and you don't do that to begin with. But it's just about being more efficient with your time. Um, So if you can do that at the same time as talking, you're being more efficient, um, and you're paving the groundwork to being able to actually produce quite a nice live stream show in the future.
0: What uh, what other um, audio clips have you got in that magic box?
1: of <laughs> What I'm going to be uh, pressing on here? The, 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 these are just the the standard. There we go. <laughs> Fabulous! We'll have more laughter. <laughs>
0: I love it. So but you you were you, you were talking about uh, increasing the uh, quality of audio. You were talking earlier about plosives and and bursts of air. Uh, just tell me tell me what a plosive is.
1: Sure, that's a, that's that's a good point. So. If you're watching this on video, then you'll see um, that I've got a bit of a cover on on top of my microphone. Um, So that helps to stop any sudden bursts of air going into the microphone when I say letters. P and B um, because naturally the way that your lip forms when you say those kind of letters then the air um, is more likely to come out quickly from your mouth and that um, suddenly going to the microphone is actually a little bit uncomfortable when someone listens to that uh, in an audio, uh, audio environment um, just, just with their headphones in for example. So generally um, what you can do to alleviate that is to use some kind of foam cover. Um, or uh, another type of cover in your microphone and also talk at 45 degrees over your microphone. So you're not talking directly into your microphone, you're just talking over your microphone slightly to improve that. So you, you, the, 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 that, that's, that, that's something else that you do in stage two. You get an understanding of the the, the typical things you need to improve with your voice. Perhaps you say I'm oh, ah, a lot. Uh, perhaps you have these kind of issues with bursts of air perhaps you have an issue with your s's um you you've you 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 sound about whistly when you say s's into the microphone those kind of things you can improve in stage two you don't worry about that when you're getting started because you evolve that over time
0: and and as a listener it can make a huge difference to how engaged you are with that podcast
1: yeah yeah, I mean, I've switched off from great content um, on podcasts before, just unsubscribed after listening to them for a bit. Uh, if there are noises on there that are just horrendous to be listened to on a regular basis. A typical one is if you're talking into a little microphone on a small headset um, and you've got a beard. Um, so I'm probably talking to gents here. Um, <laughs> then it's, it's, it's a horrible noise to listen to that scrunching of air yeah, ag- yeah. Of hair sorry, against the, um, the, the microphone.
0: Yeah, no, totally.
1: Um, it's, okay, and, and, and in fact, actually, yes,
0: that's exactly what I was going to ask. How do people reduce the, the, the use of the word err? Uh? Because I'm terrible at it.
1: There are different types of errors. <laughs> <laughs> I and mean, obviously, I, I think one way to begin with is slowing down, is actually embracing silence. A lot of people feel that they need to fill that space so that's the the initial mistake that you need to avoid. You need to embrace silence, understand that two or three seconds of air, dead air, sounds a lot longer to you than the listener, than the viewer. Secondly, when you're editing, uh, I mentioned that there are different types of errors and norms. Um, there are errors that are completely separate words or separate sounds um, within audio wave that you're trying to edit. So they are fairly easy to edit out. Uh, But then people will go uh, something like, uh, well this situation will uh, mean that, so those uhs are an integral part of what they're saying and you just can't edit that out. So don't try and edit out those uhs and ums. Try to stop saying them. And edit out the ones that are in between words but don't edit out the ones that are in the, in the middle of words.
0: And, and there's some very clever software that can uh, even automatically do some of that for you uh, although I'm not sure uh, w- whether you would use things like that or not because you're you know I'm guessing some of the stuff that you're using is, is extremely professional.
1: Um, I use primarily for editing podcasts Adobe Edition. The, the, there are, are great software tools that uh, are up and coming now. But obviously the ideal way of trying to improve things is simply by producing decent quality audio yourself and working at taking out your in, ums and uhs yourself, yeah.
0: In the in the uh, first place, which makes sense. Uh, OK, so we've got the content, we've got the audio, we've stepped up the audio to a far better quality. We're reducing uh, the uhs, and we're allowing some silence.
1: embracing the silence
0: we're embracing it so tip number three what's the next step
1: yeah step three is turn on your camera but don't go live yet so after you've done a podcast and you start using a camera most people don't really know where to look or they're uncomfortable looking directly into the camera especially when their screen is maybe some distance away from the camera as well they need to get comfortable at looking directly into a camera. You don't need to look into a camera all the time but when you're starting your content series it's a great idea to have your intro and to look directly into your camera for the intro and then you can perhaps have your conversation uh, or do your monologue um, and then we're looking to the camera directly for the for the closing after that as well. And You need to practice that. You're not going to do that naturally as good as you can do with live streaming straight off so generally what i recommend is that you produce your content in video form as pre-recorded to begin with because if you do that you're going to be more comfortable you're not going to feel stressed you're not going to feel oh, you've got lots of people watching i'm going to trip up over what i'm saying as well hopefully you're more comfortable with your audio now so you can only focus on um primarily your 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 video but 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 do that pre-recorded to begin with then you don't have to stress about anything at all if you say the wrong thing if you look in the wrong place then you can re-record so get comfortable with that to begin with before live before live streaming
0: i've I've heard some people uh use have, have put like a little lego character uh on the top of their webcam so that it's something to talk to uh which i thought was quite a clever idea i mean i've not i've I can't say I've had too much of a problem being able to look at the camera, Um, but I know that for a lot of people, it it is a struggle. Uh, And so I I quite liked the idea of a Lego character.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the best... Um way to start out is actually if you have a webcam, uh, Logitech C920 is is probably the best webcam still to, to start off with um, because it's HD but it's just plug and play, it's USB, really nice webcam to start off with, um, autofocus as well. Uh, anyway, if you, if you have a webcam on the top of a monitor, then to actually reduce the size of the window that you're using to talk to someone and have them directly just underneath the camera so then when you're looking at them you're almost looking to the camera at the same time
0: yeah that's and that's a very very clever technique uh, i like that a lot okay so step four
1: sure um live streaming while you record the podcast so you've got comfortable with your audio you've got comfortable with producing video now you can actually live stream and not think too much of the technology while you're just bringing in one other unpredictable element, um, which is obviously whether or not the live stream's going to work. Um, you can also obviously probably bring in interaction with the audience, although the audience will come in a little bit later. When you live stream initially, unless you've got a big following, uh, which is unlikely to begin with, then you're going to be live streaming to a man and his dog to begin with. Um, but that, that's fine. You just need to get comfortable producing content and um, talking as you would do in your pre-recorded videos. Um, but when you're live streaming, obviously, you keep on going if you make a little error th- th- that's not a problem you can either say it again um and cut it out afterwards or just just keep on going if you've just made a small mistake um the other element that i mentioned was engaging with an audience so if you do find that you get people interacting then it's great to be able to bring in relevant contents uh, re- relevant comments sorry into the conversation so taking comments from people uh, at the right time and uh, incorporating them into what you're saying if you're having a discussion with someone else and that's a skill as well because you need if you're interviewing someone you need to listen to what they're saying you you need to hopefully if they say something interesting um, or something that requires or deserves a follow-up question then ask that uh, relevant follow-up question. So you really need to be engaged with what they're saying. But at the same time, you need to see what else other people are saying out there as well and perhaps incorporate that as part of the conversation. So you're juggling more things as you go along. So that's, again, why I don't recommend doing everything at the same time. Um, Bringing in those key elements, being comfortable looking into the camera, live streaming and not going back, and engaging with an audience are enough things to be thinking of in terms of new. You don't need to be new to using the microphone, new to be using the video camera at the same time.
0: I mean, I mean, you're actually even doing a lot more than some than a TV host would be doing because a TV host would have a, an auto cue, uh, they'd have a, a producer in their ear, um, they'd have a, a researcher, they'd, they'd be, and there's probably other um, roles that I, I'm not even familiar with, um, but they, they'd, they'd have so much support, whereas actually. what you're describing there if you're you know you're you're running your own podcast or own video series you're doing a huge amount of work and it's it's a big it's a lot of skill to how to be able to do that well and and you're not trained as a professional
1: a tv host is trained as a professional to do that and you're trying to do that but also the engineering job at the same time
0: in fact they have hair and makeup as well don't they do
1: you like my rouge today yes we we don't we don't need that.
0: <laughs>
1: oh, we're beautiful already. We're we're
0: already beautiful, exactly. <laughs> but I, I think it's interesting what you're saying about you know the, that you've got to listen. I mean, how true is that? You know, you can get totally lost if you're an interviewer and uh, and and you're not listening. You can get totally lost, and it just it just becomes awkward because you start asking another question when 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 there was clearly another route to have
1: gone down first. Yeah. And and you're doing a wonderful job of that, Johnny. I I think one of the challenges or the things that I don't dislike about many podcasts is they have a script in terms of the questions that they intend to ask. And no matter what the guest says, they just ask the next question. And it's <laughs> just boring for the listener.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that totally. So we've got our great content. We've upped our audio. We've uh, we've gone to camera. We're now doing live. We're into we're we're looking for interactions. I like your point around uh if there's a comment actually only bring it in if it's relevant or if it's at the right time so don't just get distracted by the comment um but what's the the next step with regard to uh, where you'd take it next
1: sure um so this takes me back to about 2015 or so when i was probably on video um regularly um for, for, for the first time and I was making great relationships with all these people that i was interviewing and i just wanted to make sure that i uh, maintain these relationships and uh, i found a fun way of Doing that was to have this end-of-year show that um, got 50-plus people on, um, that um, was was highly engaging at the time. At the time, we were talking about it before we went on air, I I used a platform called Blab. Blab, unfortunately, no longer exists. You you can do something similar uh, using different platforms nowadays, um, using StreamYard, going live to... um, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, wherever you want to go live to, as well, and, and getting guests to join you using Streamyard—that's probably a better way to use, do do it nowadays. But but back then it was it was Blab. So I had these um, fifty or so people on. So so what I'm saying is the next step um, is either to host a virtual summit or to host some kind of larger version of what you're doing, which is hours long um, that you can use to maintain the relationships, produce extra incredible content, hopefully for your audience, and um, just to do something a little bit different that other people aren't doing that, that that's out there.
0: Uh, it, well, it's a great way to be able to uh, keep engaging your the people that you've been interviewing or, or speaking with. I think that's really good. Uh, and And as you say, it turns it into something much bigger. Um, and of course, with more people involved uh the you know the, the natural thing is more people will be aware of it as well
1: yeah yeah it's a wonderful social thing to do if if you have um if if you interview a guest a week for a show you've got fifty or so people that um hopefully that you can reach out to again if you've got half of them that say yes I'd like to be involved in something else that's a massive virtual summit or big live stream that you can do that um should be hopefully highly engaging for your audience but of course as you alluded to if you leverage your guests social platforms um their own audiences then you can perhaps get them to promote it as well and get a decent audience watching whatever you're producing as well
0: what well, what do uh, b2b brands do do if if they're not predominantly interviewing people. What? How could they collate content and and uh, and have some kind of summit or or how do they bring things together once they've done you know a weekly podcast or or uh, weekly series?
1: Yeah, I mean they might not be interviewing people. Hopefully, they're still forming relationships with people in other um, organisations uh, because obviously, I'm talking with a view to producing something like a virtual summit. You don't have to be interviewing people in order to build relationships with people. You can perhaps even um, just reach out to people to get them to um, collaborate on a blog post for instance. Someone reached out to me last week for my opinion on um, a particular topic to incorporate my thoughts in in a blog post as well. The challenge with that is obviously you're not getting a feel for how they present in front of a camera and their audio quality as well so when you're producing a big virtual summit then ideally you want to only be inviting people who have great audio quality and look good in front front of the camera not good physically but just know what good lighting and a good webcam good internet connection is so to do that perhaps you can ask people for little uh, recorded videos um, to pull them all together for for, for different, different posts beforehand. So maybe once a quarter, um, if you're producing a video series on the top 10 tips of a certain topic, um, you can get people to record, um, to join you for a pre-recorded call. They've got two minutes or so to share a particular tip. Um, it's then a great piece of hero content, pillar content, that you can use in your blog as a B2B brand um, that um, brings the different thought leaders together. Um, you can publish that content perhaps as a podcast, but obviously as a, as a video series and transcribe it as well f- for your blog. And then, as I keep on harp on about, you're building those relationships um, and then you can decide on which ones of those you're going to reach out to again for your end of your collaboration. <laughs>
0: whilst you're working with with some of the b two b firms that you're working with in Martech and legal what what how do you increase their audio and make their video good because you're not there of course um yeah. and so wh- uh, how how do you fix that? How do you make it better because there's this you know having having done some similar work before there's some shocking uh uh places that a client thinks to to have their their laptop and and start doing an interview uh you know you're talking about lighting you're talking about audio so so is is that just educating them what's what, how do you deal with that
1: yeah i mean some clients um are um so a scottish word comes to mind fran, uh, when it comes to to, <laughs> to uh, uh being willing to change they're 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 unwilling and uncomfortable um to to change, um, to accept that actually having a standalone microphone versus uh, a microphone incre- integrated into a computer is, is a better thing for their audience. They'll rely. They'll say well I'll go on a Zoom call and Zoom does an okay job for me. I don't have to wear headphones, I don't have to wear a microphone. So some clients are difficult and you just have to keep on prodding and getting them to hopefully try a new microphone and, and, and wear headphones over time. And it does take a little bit of time. So in general you're better off starting off with that microphone that I recommended Samsung QTU. I can can do you know, decent levels of audio editing but you can't uh audio edit a poor quality track to something brilliant. you've got to have something reasonable to start off with so you've got to have something with low quality background noise um speaking reasonably close to the microphone and if they're having a discussion panel please wear headphones um so so that's a reasonable start to begin with um you meant you talked a little bit about audio audio editing so there's different software out there and um, there's, there's Zencaster, there's Squadcast, there's Riverside. They're all platforms that let you do things um, uh, like record directly on people's computers and then have um, their audio automatically sent to you afterwards. Um, so if I'm having a discussion panel, I'll make sure that ideally everyone is recorded using their own computer on a separate track. So if there's background noise on certain tracks, I can just mute that track completely while everyone else is talking, and I'm not gonna get that in the final version. Too many B2B brands, uh, but before we we went on air, Johnny, we talked a little bit about um, my thoughts on where podcasting was now, and I said um, a lot of B2B brands were treating it like um, it was a gimmick, and it was 2004, and they were leaving the intern to actually manage podcasts, because back in 2004, Um, brands were just leaving just anyone to produce a website full of silly flashy gifts uh, to represent their brand. And these were brands with multi-million pound turnover, and they were just uh, doing ridiculous things to their brand perception um, by the quality of their website b2b brands are doing the same thing with podcasts now they're producing horrendous quality audio so you as well as actually recording people in separate tracks using decent quality microphones you also need to adhere to what's called loudness standards um, because a lot of podcasts you, you you might have listened to are a lot softer softer or perhaps louder than other shows as well so you need to make sure that the standards are good as well you need to um accentuate um, different aspects of a voice frequency um, so if you can emphasize a little bit of treble and perhaps a touch of bass um, um, not too low but just touch a bass and, and I, I, also if you do what's called a mid cut uh, you take out a tiny bit of the, the, vocal, uh, the, the, the vocal at mid levels then if someone's listening in a suboptimal environment on a bus, on a train, something like that. I know it's less likely nowadays, but you'll get on a train again. Uh, and <laughs> w- when you listen to audio like that, it, you really need to take out that that, that, that rumble noise, that excess um, of um, audio that's unrequired um, in order to make it much more likely that you can understand and really uh, have a good experience listening to the the, the, the audio as well. So you, you, you can focus on those certain frequencies. Um, You can then do something called compressing the audio as well. So um, some audio, um, there's a vast um, array of difference between the volume, um, uh, depending on what people are saying. Um, If they're speaking quietly, then the volume goes way down. If they're speaking loudly, the volume goes way up. When you compress the audio, then it actually brings up, um, it, it squashes the um, the audio wave so it brings the high levels down and brings the low levels up a little bit and then you can amplify the whole track um, so it brings up the whole level a little bit so that's that's compression of the audio um, and there are quite a few other things that I can talk about there as well so you know at the end of the day um, if a b2b brand is is producing its own podcast and it isn't experienced in producing audio then they're probably going to give the listener a bad experience
0: I, I knew I should have been paying more attention in physics, uh, and it, it turns out that we're also sound engineers as well.
1: Yes, yeah. Uh, little did you know when you started off your digital marketing journey that uh, <laughs> this go. is where it would leave you.
0: <laughs> uh, so the the sixth and final step, um, we've got uh, we've got amazing audio, we've got our live video, we're interacting, and uh, we've now just hosted a virtual summit. What's the next step publishing the book, is it?
1: Well, I figured out that by producing an eight-hour summit, an eight-hour summit's a a lengthy summit, but it's possible to do, um, that it actually produces a transcript of roughly 60,000 words. Now, I don't recommend just producing a transcript and publishing that as a book, because the way that people talk isn't the same that the the way people write. So you need to... uh, a lot of editing, but it it produces the volume of content that's required for a book. So, um, I've taken live streams before and broken down everything and edited everything and and published it as a as a, as a successful book. And I, I I was going to say that. Um, it's an easier way to do it, but it's probably not an easier way to do it because it takes just as much effort to edit the content and get it in a form that's, that's a, hopefully a pleasure to, to to read. But it's certainly a way to produce content and it's something that you can perhaps outsource to other people and it, it, it's a great uh, additional opportunity to, to, to harness the, the, the content that you've already used.
0: And and you've done uh, two of those. We've had digital marketing two thousand and seventeen, and the marketing now but both on Amazon, uh, yeah, and absolutely. Uh, and and both full of uh, fantastic advice. I mean, you know, even even the uh, digital marketing that goes back to two thousand and seventeen. I mean, that's a long time in terms of digital. However, uh, being involved in in it and being involved in the show and and being aware of the advice and the tips that were given, so much is still relevant. So much of it.
1: Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Um, It's funny actually choosing the names for the books um, because the initial one, I called it Digital Marketing in 2017. And then there was... Uh, there were a few thoughts in my head, you know is it digital marketing or is it actually marketing? you know is it mm-hmm. has, has digital evolved so that the whole thing is just marketing now? Um, and then I was thinking, okay marketing now is is that a better name for a book? And then someone else said to me that I, that, that I really appreciated the, their advice. They said, well, you want a book title where people actually pick up the book in two years' time or three years time and they feel it's still relevant to them as well. However, um, you do get a surge in sales if people feel that it's hyper-relevant at that moment in time. So if it's early 2017 and the book is called Digital Marketing in 2017, you're going to get a surge of sales. So I I wouldn't say it's necessarily a good thing or a bad thing, the the title. It was just an interesting, uh, I guess, perspective and where i was at the time i think if i was to to do it again and i was to have a regular podcast i would probably incorporate my podcast name into the title of a a book as well just to get better at the 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 branding of things
0: And, and if you were to do it again would you
1: would you include a date or not I would, yes, I think I would, actually. Um, but I would I would accept that I was going to get a surge in sales um, and then possibly quite little after incorporating the book. It depends what you're doing. Um, maybe but if maybe you're you republish intended, it. You, you, you can <laughs> republish it, perhaps. <laughs> um, but you want it to be hyper-relevant as well. And if, if you can produce the, the content relatively easily, um, I know it sounds crazy publishing a book once a year but i think ideally <laughs> i'd like I'd, I'd like to do that and incorporate uh, a year into it but maybe i love that uh, to too much i
0: loved one of the ways of bringing everyone together you you've um I don't know if everyone can see but there's some guitars in the background you're into music when you when you have some time but but you actually brought that into uh, into your series because you did you did a, a musical piece uh involving everyone uh, and i thought that was really you know you you've you've always got some very creative ideas as well it worked really well.
1: Yeah, thank you. I mean, I was trying to really get loads of people to to, to watch it. I had an issue, I was trying to promote that video on Facebook as well. And um, Facebook, for some reason, didn't want it. I think the thought that it was a copyrighted piece of music but it was actually a song that i produced myself and sang um so <laughs> i I had, I had 134 marketers and incorporated the name the names of every single marketer as uh, in the in the song and uh i was going to use that as a as a piece to promote the show and it worked fairly well i maybe had maybe about ten thousand people uh, watch it beforehand which is which is a decent number um yep. i was aiming for even more but uh it was far <laughs> different.
0: It was very clever. It must have been produced so well. And, and it was so good that Facebook actually just thought, you know, this was, this, this is too high production for it not to yeah. be a copyright. <laughs> must
1: have been. crazy. I'll have to do it worse next time. <laughs> uh,
0: David, it's been absolutely fan- fascinating. Um, as I said, you've been a true inspiration to, to me podcasting and, and being on video. Um, and the... I'm really just looking forward to some of the quality that you're going to be producing uh, over the the next year. You've got some very exciting projects, which um, you know, we, I know we're not to talk about, which is good. There's some nice stuff coming on the horizon, hopefully. Um, and uh, but at the same time, you're working heavily with casting cred and, and the B two B brands. If um, if I'm a brand out there that's that's thinking, you know, okay, you've just described some of our crap podcasts that's going on, or we we are thinking of actually you know there's an avenue here what's the best way to to reach out and contact you david
1: sure um i mean the website's castingcred.com there's a contact form on there that's probably the best place uh, if you're a b2b brand thinking of jumping into the podcast or regular live stream Situation, then feel free to reach out. You're happy to jump on a video call with you and jump your um, discuss your requirements as well. Um, and another domain that I'll recommend uh, I'll, I'll mention as well, is is because I'm really happy that I got it is DavidBain.com because I was trying for decades <laughs> to get that domain name. Someone else was jumping on it, and I haven't done too much with it. I think I've just uh, forwarded or built a mini site for the the marketing now book on it, but I'll, I'll be doing. St- something with that over the coming years or so
0: fabulous thank you so much uh if you've been watching or listening thank you uh, and uh please do uh, share this and tell your friends uh, and join us next time david you've been an absolute delight uh it's been an honor to have you on the show and uh, i look forward to speaking to you again soon and thanks so much for taking part
1: pleasure johnny always great to have conversations with you
0: we'll see you all soon take care you've been listening to the johnny ross audio experience thanks so much for joining me if you want to continue the conversation head over to my website fleek.marketing or find me on linkedin that's all for today please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts tag me in your social media posts and please leave me a review on itunes it will make a huge difference for me i will see you soon